Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Wednesday night, Wednesday night in February of 2023. Those of you that are new here, on Wednesday nights, we do Bible study verse by verse. I've been doing it for three years since January of 2020. Verse by verse. So we'll start in a book and go through a book. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Tonight we're in Romans. Been there for a very, very long time, right? <laughs> Romans chapter 15. Because we go until we're done. We're not going to quit. So Romans 15. I was joking with Dad Brown today. I said, I think I'm going to just read real hard and real fast and just finish this book to finish it and just tell everybody, hang on. But I can't do that. So we're going to do verse by verse tonight. Something I want to share real quick before I get into the Word. Have you noticed... Pastor Jen and I were talking last night, and I wonder if you've, or today, have you noticed it's the same thing everywhere? Even with the liberal media, you can call it progressivism, whatever. Non-conservative values, like the values you hold as believers, you know, Bible-believing. But traditional Christian conservative values, not just conservative. But have you noticed the world over, it's amazing that the world system is tolerant of any religion and anybody, but once you start talking about Jesus and the cross and Christianity, oh, it's over. They'll, it's okay. It's crazy. People that are pro-gay and lesbian, they'll even tolerate Muslims. They won't say nothing about Islam. And Islam is anti-gay. But boy, when Christians start talking, they're haters. I thought it was amazing that in Qatar, they just had the World Cup, right? Well, they didn't let people drink over there you got to agree with the Muslims on that. I love that. But they also told the American team, you're not wearing those rainbow things that y'all want to wear on your jerseys that are a symbol of gay pride. You can't do that here. And everybody's okay with that until Christians do it. Have you noticed that? It must mean we're on to something. Because the cross is offensive. If the media is agreeing with you, there's a problem. I don't just mean in little areas like, oh, they agree that you... You helped, you rescued somebody from a fire, or you saved a little puppy, or you were nice to somebody. But man, you start talking about the cross and scripture, and it's offensive. So here's what I say. Three words. I've been telling my Bible study group this for years. Keep the faith. Stand strong. It says in the book of Ephesians, having done all to stand, keep standing. Say, so what do I do? Just stand. See, I'm weary. Just stand, man. You'd be like one of these warriors from back in the day. You've been in the battle, and you're leaning on your sword. It's stuck in the ground. You're leaning on it, but you're still standing. You keep the faith. Keep running your race. God is with you. Don't you give up. Don't you give up on what God has called you to do. Don't back down. You don't have to be a jerk. You can walk in love and balance and scripture and be Christ-like. But don't you back down. Don't be intimidated by the world and the spirits and demons of the world that love to intimidate believers that believe right according to Scripture. Don't back down. Walk in love. Forgive. But hold on to your beliefs. And don't buy into the lie that if you disagree with them, you're a hater. No. I've been bringing that up lately because it's really popular now in the media. It has been for years. Oh, you disagree with homosexual lifestyle? Then you, you're a hater. No. I can't be a hater because I serve the God who is love and he lives in me. You can't be a hater. But it's funny that 
or ironic or interesting, eye-catching even, that Scripture says God, God hates sin. So if you walk with God, you love what he loves, you hate what he hates. We love people, but we don't have to approve of all that mess. Are you with me? Let's get into Romans chapter 15, verse 18. That was free. All that I gave you was free. There will be no charge for that. You don't have to give extra offering at the end or anything. That's between you and God. I will not charge you for the extras there. Romans 15, 18. Let's see how far we get tonight. I love how the Apostle Paul begins here. He says, yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. True man of God here. He says, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message. And what are Gentiles? Non-Jews. All right. Bringing the Gentiles to God by my message. And by the way, I what? I worked among them. Did you know you, you bring people to the Lord just by how you work among them? There's times that, that you don't even say much. You're just kind to people. And what do they start doing? They'll say, what church do you go to? Or you're a believer, huh? Or why are you so nice? Or are you always like this? You might get some different comments. It really moves people by the way you treat them even more than what you say. It really does. I love it that the Apostle Paul said, bringing Gentiles to the Lord by the way I worked among them. And then it goes on to say, they were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. I believe we're going to see that again one day here in America. America struggles with unbelief. Modern society doesn't lean on God because we have such amazing medical technology and all of this stuff. But one day, I believe in our lifetimes, we will see these miracles again. And God's going to work them through you. Not just pastors and preachers and evangelists. God's going to work them through his people, the body of Christ. It says, they were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. Those of you who have a New Living Translation Bible, if you look at the asterisk there, if you have one for Illyricum, that is northeast of Italy. So the Apostle Paul was going all the way from Jerusalem to northeast of Italy proclaiming the word. Let me just throw something else in there. Those of you on the live stream, those of you in the house, you say, man, what's all that stuff behind you? Is that just part of the show? Well, progress sometimes is a little unsightly, so bear with us. It'll take a few weeks, but we're going to have a new extended platform so I can be up there and be closer to y'all. My preference is to be down here on Sunday mornings, but this will be better for camera work and all that stuff for the live stream. Um, and I'm, I'm listening to advice. So y'all... Y'all bear with us. Part of being a believer is you listen to advice and counsel, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable. I, I'm, a, I'm a person of the people. I'm not trying to sound righteous or special, but I, you guys know this about me as your pastor. I just love to be among the people, and I like to be close. But um, we're going to be doing something different here, so just hang with us. I, I, I wanted to say that for those, especially those in our, our little viewing audience online. My ambition, he says, has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard. Isn't that powerful? Rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. Man, preaching the gospel where they haven't heard it, that is powerful. That is amazing. I've been following the plan spoken of in the scriptures where it says, those who have never been told about him will see. Prophesied long ago. And those who have never heard of him will understand. Sometimes it's hard dealing with people who have heard everything, right? 
In America, people are like, mm, I've heard about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. Hand me another blunt. I've heard about Jesus. Who cares? No, you know what? There's going to come a time. Let me prophesy something to you. There's going to come a time, even in America, where the word of God will be precious again. Not just by you on a Wednesday night. Not just by the folks on the Sunday morning and on the live stream who are seeking God right now actively and saying, man, I need this. This is a divine appointment for me. No, it's going to become precious to people. And people are going to run and grab onto you and say, you know what? This is scriptural. This is a prophecy from scripture. They will run and grab onto you and say, God is in you. God is in you. You must have the answers. Not because of who you are. You must have the answer. Not because of who you are, but because of who lives in you. Is that a big deal? Yes, it is. It's a big deal. Why? Why is it such a big deal that people would come to you and say you have the answer? Because God has always cared about people. God has always cared about people. You say, why, was that, why were Adam and Eve created? Why, why, why? God's vision has always been a planet full of his children, sons and daughters. And we, we wandered away from his plan. You know, humans are good at that. Wandering away from the plan of God. It, <laughs> hate to say this, but it comes naturally to us, doesn't it? You don't even have to try hard to sin. People don't have to. And they don't even sin right. They don't, people don't even sin right. Not that there's a right way to sin, but they'll do dumb stuff. You look at it and you go, what are you doing? Their minds got twisted through perversion and lack of the word. We always got to go back to the word, back to the word, back to the word. God cares about his people. He's interested in you. I like what he says here, the apostle Paul. He says, in fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I've been preaching in these places. Kind of getting some of Paul's background story, some of his humanity here. But now I've finished my work in these regions, and after all these long years of waiting, I'm eager to visit you. I'm planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. Now that was his plan, and you'll hear in a little while when we get to that verse, he'll say, God willing. To my knowledge, Paul never made it to Spain, okay? But he was planning to go to Spain. And when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I've enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for what? For my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. That's good. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. Remember, you've got to remember the poor. Help the poor when you can. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles, the non-Jews, right, received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem. Remember, what we believe all originated in that area. Don't you ever forget that. Don't ever let the enemy lie to you or people lie to you. People will tell you this. They'll say, no, you know what? This is called replacement theology. They'll say, no, we are the people of God now. God's done with the Jews. Well, not completely true. What happened was at some point, many Jews rejected the gospel of Jesus, but it all originated with the Jewish people and God's promise to Abraham. Those of you familiar with your Bibles, right? At some point, God said, I'm going to make them jealous by me going to the Gentiles. 
And it is the time of the Gentiles right now. Praise God, this has been an age of grace for us, for the whole planet, for everybody who's a non-Jew. But one day, Scripture says, the Jews will turn back to the Lord. And they will look on him, Scripture says, whom they have pierced. And they will weep for him like the son that they lost. They will say, oh my gosh, we were wrong. We were wrong about this. So never, never let anyone lie to you. You know, sometimes we as believers even, it's sad to say, we base our opinions on stuff we heard somewhere. Dumb stuff, like crazy stuff on the internet and on, on social media or whatever. But no, no, no. Base it on the Word. Base it on what you've learned in the Word. Scripture says God will never forget about His people even though they rejected Him. Now is our time. And there are... There are Jewish people being saved right now. My brother was just in Israel. There are churches over there. They don't like to call themselves Christians because they've been persecuted by Christians over the years, right? The Crusaders and all this other stuff in history. And I mean, for heaven's sake, Hitler and the Nazis claimed to be Christian. And were killing Jews and throwing them in ovens and burning them alive and torturing them and doing scientific experiments on them. So usually Jews who accept Jesus say they are messianic, which means they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But most Jews, Jews do not believe Jesus is the Messiah. But wait one day. It could be in your lifetime where they go, wait, <laughs> we were wrong. All right? Because many Jews are not saved. Most are not. So I, I had to throw that in there. I love it that at this time of the early church, the Gentiles, the people like us who were non-Jews, they were re remembering those in Israel and Jerusalem saying, wow, our blessings came because of what they did and what they pioneered and that they heard from God. And for heaven's sake, God came to visit us in human form of Jesus and he was Jewish. One of the strangest things Hitler, Hitler ever said was he said, you know, it's unfortunate that Jesus was Jewish as he began to kill Jews. Very, very, very strange and twisted. You know, people can talk themselves into anything once, once they get outside of God's word. Have you noticed that? They can do some crazy stuff and justify it. So let me, let me read that whole verse again since I went off on a tangent. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. My mom and dad always taught us, honor the Jews because that's where, that's where our spiritual roots came from. Honor them. Man, we were in Israel and, and I've studied the history of Israel beyond, beyond scripture even. Just their, their history, it's just incredible how God made them a nation again in 1948. But these folks are glad to do this because they felt they owed a real debt to them. And since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the best they can do in return is to help them financially. Their hearts were in the right place. Praise God. He says, as soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. He's still planning on that. And I'm sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Did you know even if you don't go on a mission trip, you join in a missionary struggle by praying to God for them and with them? Did you know there's no distance in the spirit realm? You can pray for people to be healed across the world. You can pray for family that's moved to L.A. or New York or South America, the tip of South Africa. You can pray for them. And I love it that he says, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your what? Your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going. Pray that, 
He already knew what was coming when he was headed back to Israel. He said, pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. You guys have read the book of Acts. He headed to Israel, and they tried to kill him. They tried to do all kinds of crazy stuff to him. He ended up going to Rome, but in chains as a prisoner, basically. Survived shipwrecks to get there, but he already knew. He said, pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, right, if God so wills it, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. An encouragement to each other. Are we called to be encouraging to each other? I, I want to look at that verse for a minute. By the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. God has called us to speak the truth. Can I get an amen in this house? Right? But you can mix truth with encouragement. I've seen some believers, man, preach a, I hate to say this, man, but a depressing gospel. Sad and sober-faced and serious-faced and long-faced and, man, here it is. Here's the word of the Lord, man, and just do something with that. And, you know, and hey, there's parts of the gospel you got you to give you got to give all of it. Say, man, there's a hell. That's what scripture talks about. Jesus spoke about hell mucho. He talked about hell a lot to warn us to not end up there. How do you, how do you end up there? Say, sin. Well, the sin problem's been dealt with. Really, those who wind up in hell is because they rejected Jesus. Really. And we can talk about that later. But it's very important that when you're speaking the truth to people, it's not just a bunch of negative stuff. We as humans, depending on personality, sometimes we just tell people everything they can't do. I'll tell you this right now. I'm talking to people about Jesus. I'm not worried about kicking the beer can out of their hand and the joint out of their hand and the narcotics. I just want them to hear the truth of the gospel. God can deal with all that later. Does that make sense to everybody in here? At some point, you love God enough, you're going to give up some stuff that you know is wrong anyway, right? So when you speak the truth, Scripture says speak the truth, how? In love. There's an old saying, and it's a little cliche, but it still works. And that is, people really don't, they're not real concerned about how much you know. They're more concerned about how much you care. Because I've met some believers, man, they can quote Scripture, and they shoot it out like a machine gun. People are getting shot up. Oh, man, is the word. Duck. Oh, man, shot up. But people just really want to know that you love them. They'll listen to all that if they know that you love them and you're available and you're praying for them. So do your best to walk in love with God's help. Ask him to help you walk in love so we can be an encouragement to each other. Someone say an encouragement to each other. You know what I, I love about encouraging people? I love to see if I can get someone to smile. Because there's some hard cases out there. None of y'all here and none of y'all on the live stream. I'm sure you smile all the time like you're silly. I guess that's me. I'm always smiling. Even when I'm going through it, I'm, I don't, somehow my face just smiles. <laughs> Involuntarily. Praise God. That's good. It's supposed to help you chemically and everything. But I, I mean, some of the toughest times of my life, I'm telling you, I, I testified about this on Sunday. Man, I'm going through a personal thing right now where God's working on me and working in me, and I've had some private battles. And you guys know what it's like. You go through a valley, 
But man, I can't help it. I just smile. Some of you are like, man, not me. Well, let's start, brother and sister. Say, not me. No, come on. I, I make it my personal goal and my, my ambition and my, I'm telling you, my, my, high, am, my high ambition to get people to smile that don't want to smile at the store. Just be kind to them. In fact, I remember many years ago, before she came to the Lord, B worked at the subway over here. And man, you sure smile a lot now, Mija. I remember before you came to the Lord, you were polite and cool, but you didn't smile much. I don't know if you remember that. Who knows, right? But it was amazing. I, the transformation I saw in, in Ms. B when she came to the I think she came to the Lord like probably 19 years. Was it 04 when you came to the Lord? About 19 years ago. And I remember I would see her because I, as a kid, you came here a few times, didn't you, with your mom? And I'd recognize her, and I don't even know if she knew me or what, but I was talking to her, and I would be over there with my cousin buying Subway at 10 at night. Why do young people do dumb stuff? Why would I be out buying Subway at 10 at night? No, no offense to anybody, but man, maybe I've just gotten older. We don't even have no babies at home. We have a puppy that we crate at 8 p.m. I'm like, let's go to bed. He's going to wake us up early. <laughs> like, okay. Bree, you know, you're like, I better get sleep. He'll be up at 5. But anyway, we'd be out at Subway at 10 p.m. And I'd, I don't remember if we invite, invited her to church or whatever, but I remember trying to get you to smile, and you kind of would. But you had a remarkable transformation in testimony. I think now, B, as a believer, for many years, you're known for your smile, probably. <laughs> you're a smiler. So get, you know what? People of God, get your light on. Keep the light on. Been reading in the Old Testament, and you know what the Lord told the priests? Said, keep the lamp on in the tabernacle and keep the fire burning forever. Did you notice that? It's fascinating. Keep the lamp burning and, and keep the fire blazing. Can you imagine if me as pastor said, I'd say, guys, I'm going to just wing it tonight. And, uh, man, the fire's not burning in me, but I'm not joyful. But just I, I hope you get something out of it because I don't know that I am. I just dragged myself up here. I almost said, and forgive my language, it's rough saying that in church. I almost said, man, I dragged my own butt up here and, you know, but no, no. You know what? I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but whatsoever you do, whatever you do in life, set your whole mind and soul and strength to it. I think I mentioned that Sunday. Solomon said, man, whatever you do, do it with all your might. If you're going to do it, my, my grandpa had such wisdom. Grandpa Senna, he'd say, hey, buddy, if you're going to do it, then you better do it. I'm still pondering the deep wisdom of that years later. If you're going to do it, then do it. I think what he meant was, if you're going to do it, do it right and do it with your whole heart. Or just get out the way. My grandpa Senna was known, he's a believer, man. He'd wear his Bible out. He was a deacon in the Baptist church. Growing up, man, growing up he was just, I'd go to church with him. He was just faithful. He was a pillar in the church there. But man, Grandpa, you know what he'd do? He was a construction man. He's the one who supervised this building in his 70s. He supervised the building of this church. Fell off the ladder out here one day. Just tough dude. My dad's dad. But he would get, 
He would be on the construction site and people couldn't work right. And he was like, you get your stuff and get out of here. Y'all are like, pastor's tough. Man, and he would tell his kids too. I remember grandpa sent us funeral. My uncle Bob was talking and they were remembering. And he would tell his own boys. They'd be on the work site with him. He'd say, go home to your mom. You don't even know how to work. Get out of here. He'd say, get out of here. You're wasting my time and you get no pay. Go home. Dad, I need a ride. Walk home. You know how to get home. Just tough. But man, that man loved God. You know what? We need a little bit of tough love as we encourage each other too. Sometimes I feel like I need to tell, man, I'm encouraging you. We've, we've been through the self-pity. We've been through all this. Why don't you just get up, pull your britches up, and, and tighten your belt and your bootstraps and all those other sayings that come to mind and pull your bonnet down, whatever it is that you're wearing. Strap up your coat and I don't know what else to say, but let's just move. Come on, let's keep going. You know how many times I've wanted to quit? Man, the devil's almost run me off before. I'm telling you just like, oh, man, I... I can't do it anymore. Some of you have gone through that. There's somebody on the live stream tonight. The devil's tried to lie to you, and you say, man, it's emotions. I don't know if it's the devil. Whoever it is, whatever it is, don't quit. Now is your time. People quit, and they don't realize the big blessing's coming tomorrow morning. It may show up next week, and you were just almost there, and you gave up. I've heard way better preachers, men and women of God over the years, talk about that. And it's so true. It's become a revelation to me. Be encouraged tonight, but man, in the name of Jesus, get out of that funk, F-U-N-K, the, just the rut of, oh, man, I'm just stuck here. I'm just, mm -mm, it's time to move on. Get that Bible out and pray. You say, man, I don't, I don't know if it works. Do it for six months. Stop, like, get past the one-month barrier and, and start seeking God and see how he turns your life around in the weeks and months to come. Because he will, I promise. I'm not here by accident. I could have quit years ago. Man, the enemy loves attacking believers, but boy, the enemy loves attacking pastors. I've seen my fellow brothers and sisters as pastors over the years fall by the wayside all over the U.S., falling victim to alcohol or pornography or all these crazy things. And I go, man, the devil hates all of us. The enemy hates us. The world system hates us. And Jesus prophesied it. He said, in this world, you're mine, then you'll be hated. You can still have favor, but there are those, ooh, the, the world system and everything. Hang in there because Jesus prophesied it. You can be an encouragement to each other. And like King David, you can encourage yourself. If there's nobody else around sometimes, I just go, I encourage myself in the Lord. Don't let go. You say, man, I'm holding on by my nails. They weren't even manicured. They're just like, they're just, oh, they're just barely holding on. Just hold on. Hold on and get back into the word. Get back into the basics. I encourage you. And be an encouragement to each other. Man, I went off on that. Let's keep going. And now may God, oh, I love this, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Amen. I'm going to stop right there because that's clean and even. And guess what? We have one more chapter left. I'm going to talk to you for a moment longer, but I want to stop at that verse. We'll start next week with Romans 16.1. It says here, end of chapter 15 and verse 33, And now may God, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Is peace important? Oh, it is. It, life's really hard to live without peace. You'll do crazy stuff, man. But, and people will do crazy stuff to try to find peace. But 
How many of you know the peace is in Jesus? He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, burdened with life's troubles and worries, anxieties and cares. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How is his yoke easy and his burden light? Because he's doing most of the work. He's doing all of it, really. All you got to do is believe. And now may God, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Before we pray, let me say this, pronounce this blessing over you tonight. I love this priestly blessing from Numbers chapter 6 in the Old Testament. May the Lord bless you and protect you, smile upon you and be gracious to you, give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. If you believe that, then that's for you. And it is. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Thank you for being such brilliant and beautiful listeners. Father, we honor you. And this is your service. It's not mine. I just get to speak. But this, this is a service done as service to you and in your honor. I want to say that in Jesus' name. If there's anyone in this house or on the live stream at the sound of my voice tonight that would say, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus and confessed him as my Lord and Savior. If that is you, raise your hand tonight. I'm going to pray with you. Why is that important? Because if we reject Jesus, Jesus himself said there's a hell that awaits us. Some of you may say, man, that's not popular. That's uncomfortable. Yeah, but somebody's got to say it because I am accountable to God. And if I didn't love you, then I would hide the truth from you. But I'm going to pour the truth of God's word out all over this place tonight. If there's anyone in this house that says, I don't know where I'd go if I died without Jesus tonight. I don't know where I'd go. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. If there's anyone in this house, I have to make sure. I know it's a Wednesday night. It's usually just mostly believers here, if not all, but this is your chance. Anybody at all? All right. Then maybe this is for someone on the live stream or someone listening hereafter on YouTube or Facebook. But pray this prayer with me, those of you who are in this house. Say, Heavenly Father, say, I believe your word. And I realize that I can't save myself. I'm a sinner without you. It's that simple. Say, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me, Lord. Forgive me. Say, I want to say that I believe you died and rose again for me. And I want to confess that Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I can't save myself. Say, save me from hell and from sin. In Jesus' name. See, I believe in you. I believe you died and rose again. And I confess my belief. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray over everyone in this house. Father, I thank you for your people. Thank you for the reading of the word. Thank you for the reception and the receiving of the word. Thank you for your people because they love you. I can see it in their eyes and in their faces. They love you. They're not here for anything else but to get to know you. Sure, we have Christian fellowship and community. We see each other. We worship together. But I see that their priority is you, Lord, and I thank you for your people tonight. I speak life and hope and blessing and encouragement. If you're discouraged, I speak encouragement over you. Be encouraged in Jesus' name. I break off every spirit of depression and heaviness and lies that would try to hold you down. The truth of the matter is 
that Jesus is still Lord. He's still on his throne. Despite what we're going through, he's big and we magnify him over all our situation. I thank you for your people tonight and for delivering us and for being with us and making yourself real and manifesting yourself to us. We give you the glory tonight in Jesus' name.